and welcome to Celebrating Simple Life. I'm Kimberly, and I've been planning parties and incredible events for the past 15 years. I'm passionate about connecting people, making gatherings purposeful, and making the most out of every moment. Join me as we learn together how to find joy, celebrate the simple things in life, use events to grow your business, entertain with purpose, and have a whole lot of fun along the way. Cheers to Celebrating Simple Life. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to read the review of the week that came from a share on Instagram stories. She writes, The episode about the Shine Summit brought me to tears, and it sounds so incredible. This podcast is so refreshing, and it is giving me life. Thank you so much for the review on the Instagram stories. If this is your review, if you could kindly send me an email at Kimberly at CelebratingSimpleLife.com to receive your free gift. The continued support, ratings, reviews, and sharing screenshots of podcast episodes that were engaging for you on your Instagram stories, tagging your friends that you think should hear the episode, it makes me so happy. So thank you so much. I'm striving to connect stories of business and life in the Celebrating Simple Life community of amazing women. Today on Celebrating Simple Life, the podcast, I'm hanging out with Laura Woodward, journalist for CTV News, Saskatoon. Laura's gift of storytelling, often in difficult circumstances, has given her such a fresh perspective on life. We are chatting all about what it is like to be on the news, how she copes with managing difficult stories, and a new side hustle that she has started in the event industry. Our conversation is so much fun, so stay tuned. Hello, Laura. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. This is going to be so fun. I'm excited. Yay. So for those of you, um, obviously I've already introed you, but for those of you that don't know Laura, Laura and I met in a very opposite way than what we're actually <laughs> going to be discussing here today. Um, we had Cassidy's Lemonade Stand story picked up by CTV um, and they came and checked out her lemonade truck and it happened to be you that was here that day. And so we met first of all, through Lemonade. Yeah. Um, now I'm so excited to chat about sort of the background. We like see you front and center on CTV and on the stories that you cover, but who is Laura? <laughs> yeah. Good question. Yeah. Last time I was with you, I was holding the microphone. Yes. And now you're holding this the is microphone. Fun. I like being on this side. I'm never side. on this side, so I'm excited. <laughs> That's what I thought would be interesting about this because I think that for people that see just somebody on TV or see them on a story, I mean, obviously you're covering the story, but we're never actually seeing you mm -hmm. and your background and how you got into what you're doing for a living. And I think it's really cool. I think for me as a business owner mm -hmm. and as a mom raising daughters to see creative professions in all different varieties has been really cool because every day my kids want to be something different when they grow <laughs> up. And so to see somebody young and being a strong woman in the industry that you're in and just doing really cool things, I think is really powerful. So I'm so excited to talk to well, you Well, thank you. Thank you for the kind words. Yeah. So I would love to know um, how you got your start in journalism, I guess, and like what your background is and what, what how did you all of a sudden just land up being one of the faces? <laughs> for CTV. Yeah, that's a good question. So um, I'm originally from Caledon, Ontario. Woo -woo. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, it's a small town about an hour northish of Toronto. And um, I went to journalism school in Toronto. And uh, I was working for my school newspaper. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that's kind of, I always wanted to do print, actually. I never 
I never really thought I would do video. I just wanted to be a writer. Right. Um, and so I was working at my school paper and then um, I ended up at the Business News Network, BNN Bloomberg it's called now. And uh, so I was working there part time. I was just putting microphones on people, printing off scripts. Oh, I love that. Yeah, doing behind <laughs> the scenes. But it was super empowering to watch, you know, these uh, these women and, and men interview these billionaires and asking them the hard questions and, and holding them accountable to their companies. And it was so cool to watch behind the scenes. And I was like, I want to ask those yeah. questions. <laughs> um, and uh, so I was still in school at that time as I was putting on the microphones and printing the scripts. Um, and I could do an internship in my final year. You could do six weeks wherever you wanted. So some people went abroad, like to London, England, worked for the CBC there. Some people went uh, all around. Um, and I really wanted to ask those questions. I wanted that experience. So uh, one of my professors at school at Ryerson was like, ah, oh, you should, you need to go to a smaller market. You're not gonna, you're not gonna get that experience here in Toronto, too big of a market. You're always gonna be putting on microphones. Right. So I was like, oh, where do I go, huh? And she's like, there's this place, it's called Saskatoon. <laughs> you might never have heard of it in your like, entire oh. life. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, dad's center in the map of Canada. Right. I'm like, okay, going to Saskatoon. She's like, yeah, just go there six weeks, get your experience, make a demo reel, and maybe you'll come back to Toronto. I was like, okay. So that was my plan. I, um, I interviewed with CTV Saskatoon. It was a good fit. They're like, yep, you can start in March, six weeks. Great. I got here. I was gung-ho. I was like, got to make that demo. I want to go ask those big questions back in Toronto. I've only got six weeks. I got yeah. six weeks. Well, it's been three years. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, and I've fallen in love with Saskatoon. Like, right. Best city. Um, I've loved it. I and feel like it's a little hidden gem, which I like don't want to promote too much because I don't <laughs> want it to not be that little hidden gem. But there's so many things I think people from larger centers like Toronto and Vancouver mm -hmm. and everywhere in between maybe... It because it's this like underdog of a province mm. often that Saskatoon just doesn't necessarily, but there's so many things that are getting put on the map yeah. here now, even from the restaurant scene to like different things, the art galleries and the children's hospital, and, like all of these things that are happening. Oh that yeah. I think and the people were so kind. Like I landed here and, and <laughs> the person I sat beside next to the plane I got talking to and she was like, Do you need me to drive you to your Airbnb? Like I was like, Where am I? <laughs> are we in Pleasantville? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So I, I think I was just taken in by the people as well. So I fell in love with Saskatoon and yeah, I've been working here. That is so now. amazing. I love that. I love that you had an immediate Sask Saskatchewan moment the, from even just like flying in. That's yeah. so Saskatchewan, right? So Saskatchewan, Like there's yeah. so many times you're like flying to different destinations or places where you like wouldn't absolutely like be caught dead opening your mouth to the person beside you because mm -hmm. you're like you just get the feeling that perhaps this is just not that type of scenario but it's a rarity that I haven't been flying home back where you know the most people on the flight are probably from mm -hmm. Saskatchewan because you're coming back and landing here where there's always a conversation. I've like made business connections where all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I like believe reaching, it. right. It's so bizarre. I love that. So what would you say then? So now in the three years that you've been with CTV mm -hmm. and I can only imagine the the variety of topics and people and things just that get thrown at you on a daily basis. I feel like almost a little similar in my industry with event planning mm -hmm. is that no project has ever felt the same. So not as many on a regular basis because a project for me has like a bit of a longer timeline than what the journalism timeline would be. And you're <laughs> like, go, 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 go. go. <laughs> um, but yeah. So what would you say are maybe like one or two or just something that would be the most memorable like story or like something that you've 
you've covered in these three years? Yeah, I get that question asked a lot. And I always think of this one woman I've interviewed and oh man, she has a crazy story. Her name is Charlene Klein and she was a substitute teacher in Laloche and uh, she showed up to work one day and um, one of her students opened fire at the school (sighs) and she was shot in the head and she lives to tell her story and it's an amazing story and I have never heard this story before. Yeah, she she's an amazing uh, just like her sense of humor. I think that's what always sticks mm. out for me. You know, when people go through hardships, yes. unfortunately my job is, you know, when you ask my favorite, it's like, oh well. I'll say memorable. Yes. <laughs> because totally. you know, some of the I'm not I'm never really you they're usually negative that. stories. Yes. Uh, you know, or hardship stories, yes. I should say. And uh, yeah, her story, I think she just handles it with so much um, sense of humor and um, she's nearly fully blind now, but, um, and she lives to tell the tale and um, just, she showed up to work one day and, and that's what happened. And and to hear her story, and I'm so grateful for the people, even you, you know, you just open up and you tell your story. And Mm. um, again, they're not easy stories to tell. Like often I'm in someone's living room and they're just crying and we have a camera rolling and it's it's not an easy task and I'm grateful every time um, I think of the humbled Broncos too interviewing those families like I'm grateful every time they speak to us and share their message and it's not an easy message to share they're dealing with grief that I don't wish upon anyone but after I interview these people it's like oh man you just have a whole new perspective on life so anyone who's dealt with hardship and I've sat in their living room, like, thank you. And and those are the stories that I think are the most memorable to me. Isn't that amazing? I know. I feel like it's one of those things where, I mean, obviously it takes a certain level of vulnerability for mm-hmm. the person to share the story. And I also speak from experience, obviously, in sharing our story about Cassidy and cystic fibrosis. But I, I think that for me, as scary as it was initially to think about, I mean, when she was first diagnosed, I wouldn't have even have imagined sharing our story. It was so incredibly painful that mm-hmm. I just wasn't sure how to share it in a way that felt um, like I wouldn't just be a hot sobbing mess the whole time, yeah. you know, like the, in a way that felt like it could actually even share the story. But obviously you process and you live and you learn and things become mm-hmm. different over time. And the amount of people that have reciprocated back to me to be able to tell me that my story somehow in some way, shape or form was able to like resonate with them, even though our stories are completely different. That for me is the reason, because I know how I feel when I am watching maybe even a new story that you've done or like Mm. something where it's just so touching, where I can just feel for the person on the other end. And I think being able to help somebody tell their story is part of your job. And I think that that's so beautiful. You're able to draw that out of people. And even I'll interview someone and, um, a totally random person, like this happens to me all the time. I'll interview someone. I think of a woman I interviewed, she had breast cancer and she refused to get treatment. She didn't want to get, um, chemotherapy anymore. She just wanted to, she was terminal and she didn't want to go through that anymore. And I was receiving mail. I was receiving emails like, Hey, can you give this to the, the woman you interviewed? Like, I have no way to contact her, but I just want to give her support. And it's like, you do an interview and, um, you know, you're just talking to me, but you're touching a lot yes. of other people. And, and there were people from Vancouver who were like sending me mail to give to her. And right. it's amazing. It like you touch so many people. So thank you to anyone who's shared their story and, and touched others. Well, it just makes it feel so human and just so connected, even though there's so many reasons in this world to not be connected that I think for those of us who are really striving for this connection, I think it's easy to maybe not necessarily always see it on a daily basis, but 
there was just so many little moments that mm. that can just make everybody feel like we're all in this together. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's intimidating to think, oh man, someone just shared their <laughs> their whole story with me and I have to edit this into a minute and a half. That's my time. I have a minute and a half to tell this story right. and, and evoke that emotion and get all the facts right and have both sides to the story heard if there's two sides there. And so it can be intimidating, I think, sometimes. Because you want to do it justice, Yeah, exactly, right? exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and my fear is someone who's opened up and they're crying in their living room and they're like, that's what you put together. Right. How dare you? Yeah. What? <laughs> totally. I can imagine. That's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. That's totally a lot of pressure. So um, what do you feel? So we're talking about all this positive and like feel good things that are coming back from these stories. But I can imagine that for you being in the public eye mm-hmm. where you are front and center and you are telling these stories, I can imagine that that could also go the other direction where the feedback coming back is maybe not always very positive. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Right? The, the world of media <laughs> yes. and whether that's social media, being on TV, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. Um, so what do you do? Or is this something that I guess within the industry or even just within your colleagues Mm -hmm. um, at CTV, um, what do you do to protect yourself from um, the comments and the feedback that maybe isn't even coming from a good place from the people that are that are saying it or it's something that's maybe just touched something in them that maybe obviously was unintentional but it's just kind of brought things to the surface and they feel the need to let everybody Let know, know what their feedback is about I, it. I think especially when I cover politics, you know, yes. oh, you're being too liberal. And then the other people, oh, you're being too conservative, you know. So I think politics especially, I'm right. so cautious, making sure every side has, as I was speaking about, you know, you have a minute and a half. I'm making sure each politician on each side has the same amount of time equal in their seconds. equal yeah. seconds. Seriously, yeah. though. Um, and... And just making sure the story's accurate. I mean, there are people who message me and say, I don't, I don't like the color of your blouse. Or, your hair is weird. How <laughs> dare you wear that today? <laughs> I know. And, and, you know, those comments, I think, I, I don't want to say I don't care, but I care more about the quality of the story. So, um, you know, if people think I'm being biased, then I care more about those comments than right. say, oh, my blouse is pink today. Right. Really, <laughs> di- really didn't match the background. It didn't. Like, it how, didn't look why right. did you not think that through? <laughs> I had yeah. to fly away. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think just having thick skin is... is Well, and don't you find that the more, the more that certain comments or things come up that somehow... I don't want to say that it becomes easier, but that you maybe, like you said, just have a thicker skin and you just build a bit more of a tolerance where you're like not maybe letting it hurt your feelings as much as maybe it would have the very, very first time. Exactly. Yeah. And you, you got to think it's like, oh, someone wrote me four paragraphs about my pink blouse. Well, they're having a worse day than me. I feel like this can't be the only reason why they're having a bad day. I feel yeah, like who hurt you? Yeah, totally. Exactly. Oh, I love that. You know me, and I truly believe that there are ways to celebrate every single day. One of the ways I like to treat myself is with the beautiful and meaningful piece of jewelry from Elizabeth Lynn. Elizabeth Lynn has been creating stunning collections for a number of years, and their most recent launch of the Cosmos collection has blown me away. I have already been wearing my Venus necklace every single day, and I don't want to take it off. The delicate layering pieces within all of her collections all seamlessly work together to make each piece timeless. Elizabeth Lynn is the kind of company that you just feel good supporting because once you do, you are part of the family forever. From necklaces, bracelets, earrings, these pieces can go from day to day wear to a night out with your girlfriends perfectly. Each piece is handmade with love by designer and owner, Megan Hammond. 
She is a one of a kind kind of gal, just like her collection. And trust me on this one, you want to know her and become a part of the Elizabeth Lynn tribe. You can find all of her beautiful collections online at elizabethlynn.ca, as well as in a variety of retail stores across Saskatchewan. She ships her beautiful pieces all over the world, and now is the perfect time to peruse all of the beautiful products just in time for Christmas shopping. Treat yourself or someone who means the world to you by giving them a timeless piece, locally created and made with the utmost care. And as a value member of the Celebrating Simple Life community, get this, you get an exclusive code to receive 15% off your entire order. 15% off your entire order, ladies. You can get a jump start on your holiday shopping by clicking over to elizabethlynn.ca and use the code CELEBRATE15 at checkout to receive your discount. That's elizabethlynn.ca and use the code CELEBRATE15 because today is a great day to celebrate. And I wanted to just touch on that as well. So obviously you have this great career and you just do such a great job with the projects that you take on with CTV and the stories that you're covering. And you have now decided that you are ready to bring even another <laughs> new creative hat into your life and you are exploring the world of videography. I am, yes. So tell us a little bit about how, how this came to Yeah, to you me. say it's a side hat. Now I'm starting to realize it's it feels like two full-time jobs right, at this totally. moment now. I'll call it a side hat just because you are also doing so many <laughs> other course, things. Of course, of course. Yes, by no means. I, I fully understand. I have a lot, a few too many hats on the go as well and they all feel like they you should do. just be little, but... Yes, it feels like, oh wait, oh, wait. when did I decide that what four full-time jobs was a good idea? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so actually it was about a year ago that um, one of my colleagues at CTV was getting married and I was invited to her wedding, so I was just a guest and um, uh, I was like, how's the wedding planning going? And it was about two weeks out at this point and she said, it's good, but we didn't get a videographer and I'm kind of bummed because, you know, I work at CTV, or my life is video. <laughs> and uh, she was like, you know, it's two weeks out, who's going to be our videographer two weeks out? And I was like, well... I could try it. <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah. Well, I got a camera. I could yeah. click record. Um, so, so I did her wedding video, and that's blossomed into other videos. And and then I was like, well, maybe this shouldn't be a nonprofit anymore. Right. <laughs> you know, maybe this is a little business. And right. um, and so now, 2020, I'm booked. Good for you. So tell us, what's the name of your what's the name of your videography company? Yeah, so it's called Love Laura Videos, and it kind of sparked because when I did my friend's video, I just signed it at the end. I always sign my name Love Laura, right? And so then I just kind of oh, that's adorable. Added I love yeah, that. Yeah, I always that's sign really my name great. like that. So um, yeah, it's so weird to think that this has happened. Like I, I love watching Dragons Den, and I love watching people with businesses, but yes. you know, having your own is like a whole different beast, and it's been interesting. I. I, things you think you know you don't know and I and I think that that is the daily life for the rest of your life <laughs> like I always thought that too I have been like self-employed in some capacity for 15 years and there still has never been a day where I'm not learning something different something new something I don't know that just you meet new people you hear new ideas things are coming up and I think the community that you start real, like the community is different around people that are self-employed and when mm -hmm. you're like talking together and there's many, many, many different communities, even just within the self-employed world, because you all have different businesses yeah. and different industries. So they don't all necessarily connect, obviously, but the ones that do have been sort of some of the most amazing relationships that I've built with people because there's certain people that just 
understand. They get it. They get the trenches of <laughs> being on your own. And I mean, for you being in this scenario, I know a lot of people are working a working a day job and it happens in so many different facets. For you, you love your day job and you love what you do. And this was just sort of an added like, hey, this is something mm-hmm. really cool I want to bring into my life. Some people are trying to remove themselves from their day <laughs> job and be like, how do I get this side business, quote unquote, to turn into my day job and then when it's there you're like oh wow this is this is scary maybe this isn't what I should have been doing yeah (laughs) I think the good thing about this side hustle is that there's so much overlap right um it seems so different wedding videography or event videography and and the news right it seems so different but oftentimes I am filming my own stories for CTV oftentimes actually all the time I'm editing my story right so you know shooting video and editing aren't things that are out of my realm and then I was thinking about it more and more. I'm like, it's just a story. Like, it's a love story, though, you know? So I'm telling these stories that maybe are more serious. Like, I talked about the woman and, and you know, mm-hmm. the Broncos families. Like, these are more serious stories, and um, they're different stories. But at the same time, there's a narrative, and, and there's a lot of overlap. And, and it gives me a similar kind of rush, I think. Like, getting that first kiss shot yeah. is similar to, you know, if someone's exiting court. And you do, I don't know. That's, oh, it might sound twisted. No, but. I totally understand what you're saying. And the beauty of it is you don't have to edit down to 90 seconds. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so I have way more creative freedom, and I can, I, I can use cool edits, and I can make it more beautiful, whereas, you know, news is shot, shot, shot. So it gives me more creative freedom in that sense. Absolutely. I I love that. That is so great. So what would you say? So for, for listeners that are listening wherever they're listening right now at home in their car, driving around, um, what would you say to them? Like for those that do have an idea of something that maybe feels like they just really want to explore as a business, such as yourself, where you're busy, you're working full time. Like it's not like you just were twiddling your thumbs, like wondering what to do next, Mm -hmm. obviously. Um, but yet we're able to come up with this idea and now being fully booked for 2020. I, this is the one thing that I keep, keeps coming up over and over that I just keep on wanting to reiterate is that there is room for everybody. There's room for everybody. And that just because somebody else has like started a business or maybe they've started it before, you have this idea and then you see somebody else that's like, oh, I wanted to be a videographer, but now there's another videographer. Mm -hmm. So that means I can't do it. You know, I love the idea that there's just always room for more. And obviously there's a lot of videographers in Saskatoon in very different facets and Mm -hmm. industries and that sort of thing. But for you to be fully booked for 2020 Mm -hmm. obviously means there was a need yeah. for this to, to come up. So what would you, what would you say like to, to those that are maybe exploring an idea, like how did you all of a sudden, besides just doing it for fun, I guess, first of all, <laughs> to these people, that's generally kind of often how it happens, <laughs> how it right? Happens, yeah. Seems like it's by accident. Obviously it's like happening for a reason. Right. But what would you say to them as like how to sort of just push through to that mm. next piece from just dreaming of it and wishing it could happen to hey, I'm booked for 2020. Yeah, I think um, I think people, myself specifically, you always think that someone out there is better than you, so you can't do it, right? Mm-hmm. Like I watch, all I do is watch wedding videos. You know? <laughs> people are like, did you watch this on Netflix? I'm like, no, all I watch is wedding videos. Um, and I watch these wedding videos and I'm like, oh, dang, like this person from Utah is like way better than me. What am I doing here? But, you know, you you have your own skill set. You know, maybe I don't have the most creative or crazy um, shots or like I'm getting up in these crazy angles and I'm on in a ladder like like the guy in yeah. Utah. Maybe I'm not like that, but I know how to tell a damn good story yes. and that's that's what I know how to do. And mm-hmm. so figure out your niche. What do you know how to do? And then 
and then go with that, you know? Totally. Because everyone has a little different skill set that makes you different. Yes, there's different videographers in town, and maybe there's a dozen videographers in town, but we each do something a little bit different, and then clients want that little bit of different, you know? If someone wants maybe crazy edits, they probably aren't going to go with me because I focus more on the story and audio from the speeches and, and that narrative. So if someone wants that, maybe they'll go with me. But if they want someone with like all drone shots, maybe they'll go right. with someone else. Right. right. Yeah. So I think just finding your little niche and then also remembering that there are people that are less qualified doing what you want to do, you know? Totally. That's, That's a <laughs> great piece of advice. I like that you say that because I feel like everybody has their own options. Like nobody is being forced to choose anything for whatever event they want to do. They can pick, there's tons of event planners. There are tons of photographers, tons of florists, tons of like mm-hmm. every a facet of event videographers. Totally. But yeah, it's, it's about sort of not feeling that imposter syndrome that you kind of described mm-hmm. of like, oh, I'm just looking at everyone else's and being like, oh, I'm not worthy. They booked you because they like what they saw. They weren't just rolling the dice. Yeah. Most likely they've either attended a wedding that mm-hmm. you've been doing video at or they've seen one of the videos um, or something. And that I think often, I think even as women is hard to just accept that people are actually like really wanting yeah. what you're doing rather than just keeping on telling yourself, oh, I'm not good enough or mm-hmm. do they really want my services? Yeah, they booked you. <laughs> right? Especially in the creative field, as you mentioned, you know, it's like, oh, you're really putting yourself out there. It's like, I, I made this thing like, oh God, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. You're sharing it on Facebook. Like, oh, I don't want to look. And and it can be intimidating, but yeah. yeah, just being confident and knowing that there are people that, you know, maybe you're better in, in your little niche out there. So just go for it and see if it works. Totally. Well, and I often think this has crossed my mind many times. I feel like for people that are in the public eye, so even for you being on CTV News here in Saskatoon, all the way to Madonna, Justin Timberlake, <laughs> people that are like celebrities at an oh international level. You're comparing level. me to Madonna? Yes. Oh, yes. no. <laughs> no, but do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I often look at that and I think that it's really easy. And I think I've even talked about this on the show before where it's really easy to look at anybody that's in the public eye, does not matter at what level, and just assume that they are the most confident person in the world and they never have doubts about themselves because obviously they're out there front and center and it must not be any big deal. But I look at people that have been artists in some fashion, whether it be in the music industry or actors or whatever, for however many years, and the confidence and the vulnerability that it takes to put out a movie, to put out a new song, to have written music and to record Mm -hmm. their song and putting it out there rather than just looking at it as like, oh, their life must be so magical, Mm -hmm. like being a celebrity. I have never, ever heard of anybody in the public eye who has not worked their butt off their whole entire life and did not start by being Insta-famous. Like it just was something that they really had to put their heart and soul into and work harder than they've probably ever imagined they would work in their entire life to get to the level that they were able to get at. But I would imagine it's still scary putting something out there that everybody in the world is listening to. And I can only imagine the negative feedback they're getting on a daily basis, even though a lot of us are just seeing the like fireworks (laughs) and Mm -hmm. the stars and the oh, it must be nice to be a celebrity. Mm-hmm. I just feel like that would be a lot of pressure. And and I, I think about that sometimes, just even in the industry that I'm in, where I'm like, they they have to put one, one leg into their pants yeah. and one <laughs> foot into their shoe, just like anybody else. And 
they're willing to just pound the pavement every single day to like put themselves out there. And they, they had to grow a business too. Yeah, you exactly. Know? And it, it's a huge business and it's self-promotion and that's right. And that's scary self-promoting. Like mm-hmm. I feel like, I mean, you're in front of the camera on a CTV basis, which also has this level level of vulnerability where you want to make sure you're doing due justice to the stories. But now even being behind the camera, you want to do due justice for the people that are your clients whose love story you get to tell. Exactly. And, and it's like the best gift. I I think that's what keeps driving me to do these projects and these wedding videos is like getting the messages. Like we can't stop crying. It's like, it's like such a keepsake you're giving someone. It's like the ultimate gift. I, I just, it's so satisfying. And, and same with the stories I tell at CTV. It's like, so satisfying to like click publish and it goes and it's done and and you touch people and it's yeah I'm so grateful for what I do and I love it and well it's funny because we had our my husband and I have been married for 14 years and we had our wedding video just in a very basic sense of like camera is just just rolling it's all the time just, no I love that I love that run yeah um and there was like a little bit of editing that was done to it and stuff or whatever but now my kids watch it yeah my kids get to pop in the dvd oh, because that's that. the format that it was in you know <laughs> hasn't yet been uploaded to anywhere further um but yeah they get to watch it and they get to experience what it was and they're like how come we weren't at your wedding you know like all the questions they ask but yeah it's just sort of fun to like re-watch it and it has been something that has like been inspiring for us over the mm. years when times get hard and life is hard and marriage is not easy yeah. and re-watching your story can sometimes just really remind you of like where it all began. And I think that that's just an important part of somebody's love story. So I, I think love that's that. great. I yeah. love that. I always wonder, I'm like, do they stop watch? Like, do they just watch it on anniversaries? But it's great to hear that you guys pass it on to your kids. Yeah. And- they like sometimes are like, let's pop in the wedding DVD. <laughs> Like, oh boy, it's going to be that kind of night. Here we go. Get the popcorn. Family movie night. Um, So what would you say, so I know you've um, only been doing this for a short period of time, Mm -hmm. but what would you say are sort of some of the most memorable, memorable moments that you've sort of been able to witness at these weddings as you're filming? Do you find that, are you behind the camera and feeling like you're in journalism mode or can you actually sort of still be present and feel like you can really be a part of what's happening in the moment of like these first kisses and mm-hmm. first dances mm-hmm. and them seeing each other for the first time and all of the feels that everybody oh, yeah. like likes from these things. What would you say is the part that is your most favorite oh, part of it? I'm so, oh, I'm, I cry like probably every time behind the camera. I just hear you weeping I'm in like, your eyes. <laughs> like the mother of the bride's not even crying. I'm crying. I'm like, I don't know these people. Um, yeah, I definitely uh, am such a softie. That's probably why I do this the most. But uh, I, okay, part of me has a bit of journalism mode. Like when I'm hearing the vows and they the groom says something, I'm like, ah, yes, that's going in there. Like right. I can almost hear it. You're like so, editing in it, your mind. It, yeah. Honestly, honestly. <laughs> Honestly, I'm like, yep, clip. I'm like, in, out. Yes, I hear that. But um, oh, there's moments that I've like picked up on because I'm editing the footage over and over. Like, I, I see their day more than I'm analyzing it probably more than anyone because I'm watching it over and over again. Right. And there's like key moments that I just I love so much. Like, of course, the groom seeing the bride for the first time. Like, I have chills. I'll cry right now. Aww. I love that part. <laughs> and there's just like a moment of I think either the parents of the groom or the parents of the bride. You can, every single wedding I've done, there's always a moment where the the uh, the father or the mother kind of breaks down mm-hmm. and the other one picks the other one back up. You know, like it, I see it often in the speech, you know, the father of the bride will be breaking down, but then the mother will like 
pick up the speech where he left totally. off because he can't he doesn't have words anymore and he's crying so the mother will start reading his part and watching that moment of of the parents kind of being emotional I just oh it's a little snippet that I never noticed in weddings before but as I watch it just watching the parents build each other back up in this emotional moment well, you almost get to be like an outsider looking in right like yeah. you almost get to be like the fly on the wall that's like looking at it from all angles when most I felt when I watched my wedding video for the first time I felt like I was experiencing my wedding for the first time <laughs> because I was such an out-of-body experience on the day of that I think that it's so cool to be able to look back on like oh that happened yeah and like I don't know, even years later then being like analyzing everybody. Oh, like what were they wearing to the wedding? Yeah. Now like a time period has passed. So it's like uh -huh. awesome to look back and see like the hairstyles and like every, mm -hmm. not that it was like that long ago, but 14 years, things have changed things and have evolved. Changed. Yes. Yeah. In style. Um, so that's awesome. So, um, one of the things that, um, I really love to do to wrap up the interview is I like to hear, uh, details even more specific to just like you, your personal yeah, life, yeah. nothing really to do with your business and just what's <laughs> going on. Because I think it's really fun to, again, pretend to be your fly on the wall and like, what does Laura do on oh, a date? Okay. Right? Oh, dear. So, uh, what would be one thing for you that sets the tone for, for your date? Do you do something oh, no. like habitual in the morning every day? That's like, okay, now it's time to like get the day ready. Or do you just like wake up and go? I wish, I really wish, Kimberly, that I could tell you that I do meditation for An 14 hour minutes. An hour of yoga, yeah. And then I make a smoothie bowl and then I journal. Like, I just want to get my ass in clothes and out the door. Just a miracle if that happens. Yeah. So we're just grateful for that. Yeah, so um, my ritual is clicking snooze. Okay. You're a snoozer. I'm a good. snoozer. Um, yeah. But coffee, yeah. Definitely mm. need that coffee. That's good because that leads me to my next question. What is your coffee order? Okay. What do you drink? Um... You, uh, you guys are going to judge me, but I drink instant coffee. You, that is awesome. I have never had anyone answer that before. That is awesome. Okay, but I, I make it. Um, <laughs> I feel the like night, I, the night before? Yeah. No, no, no. I make it with um, a lot of milk. So it's like, oh, it's just, okay, people think it's disgusting, it's like but I love it. Like a but it's a pretend latte. latte. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's instant coffee with a lot of milk. But okay, to be fair, the instant coffee is like espresso instant coffee, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, it's, definitely. It's a little that more classy. Classes, that classes it up for sure. Oh, I love. So that. yeah, makeshift latte. Final answer. You know, I'll be honest. I do have a jar of instant coffee that my husband like sneaks into the back of our like yeah. coffee tea cabinet because there has been a rare occasion where all of a sudden we look in our espresso machine and the beans are gone and oh. nobody has gone to buy new beans and so then out of desperation. <laughs> see, it's your desperation. It's, it's my, my desperation. reality. <laughs> it's your reality. So like, mm. we'll, we'll see what we can do. I feel like maybe there could be like something on your Christmas wish list. Yeah, that might be added but I love it. Like, <laughs> see, everyone's like, I, I have a spare coffee maker. We don't use. It. I'm like, but I love it, you guys. And I like that you own it. That's I like that you own it. It's That's, good. Yeah, good, good for you. Well, you know what? You learned something new about her today, you guys. Don't bring her a nice fresh pressed nope. latte from somewhere amazing. I don't want it. No, she wants her Insta. Um, so when you're out and about, um, obviously your days probably look different mm -hmm. every day with like the things that probably some similarities, but when you're going to different places and different projects out and about, what is one thing that you like for sure always have in your purse? I was going to say tampon. <laughs> hey, that's, that's, a fair, that's a fair answer. We won't go into the depth as to why you need it there okay. all the time. But. Um, I do always travel with a makeup bag because uh, I never know when I'll have to be live hit. Right. Uh, so that's like 
something I never used to do before this career, but yeah, I have like full makeup bag on me. Right. Like you would normally times. naturally be that kind of person, but no. you need to be that yeah. for your job. For my job. Yes. Yeah. I know. <laughs> People always ask, they're like, don't you love putting on makeup? Every-? No, no, <laughs> I don't like it. I like that. I travel with it all the time. So that's fair. a tampon that's and fair. a makeup bag. <laughs> and a makeup bag. <laughs> oh, no questions asked. That's fine. I love it. Um, so for the busyness of life and obviously everybody, Everybody these days seems to be wearing a lot of hats, lots on the go. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter what age and stage of life you're in. There's just a lot on the go. And mm-hmm. so what do you find for yourself that you do to help protect your mental health, for self-care, for those types of things that can just make you feel rejuvenated after having emotional days and emotional stories and you're busy and mm-hmm. working and what, what do you, what do you either do for fun or how do you take care of you? That's a really good question. I think I'm always plugged in, right? Like I'm always reading the news. I always want to know what's going on. So turning off my phone, right? Right. I think it's so simple, but we don't do it enough. And constantly I'm scrolling and reading and my eyes are glued to a screen. So just turn off your phone is what I do. Honestly, that has been one of the answers that has come up the most. Oh, and really? I, yeah. Good. I think that that has, I think people there's still a misconception that self-care has to be something like you must go to the spa yeah. like for women. Oh yeah. You yeah. must go to the spa. You must do this, do this, do this, which just adds a whole nother list of things that you're supposed to do. <laughs> and that is the opposite of self-care. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I keep on, I still, I mentioned this in like one of my very first episodes of the podcast that I was going to get an, an alarm clock. I was going to back time up <laughs> and go back to having an old school alarm clock instead of using my phone as my alarm mm-hmm. clock for that exact reason. I have not yet done that. So I'm going to stay accountable. I'm going to go get an alarm clock because I like idea. that. Yeah. It's and too even easy. someone else told me this and, and it's so simple again, just saying no, like if you're overwhelmed with so many mm-hmm. plans, do less. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, totally. Well, and the quote that has come up, I've read this in a, I think this was in one of the Rachel Hollis. I don't know if you follow her on Instagram at all, um, but read one of her books and she said something about um, how saying yes to something is saying no to something else. Oh, that's a good point. So you don't have to think of saying no, a no doesn't have to be a no. Mm-hmm. You're really just saying no to something so you can say yes to something ah. else. And you have to make sure that it's the right yes. Yes. It's not, if I say yes to a project, that right away means I am saying no to my family. Mm. Which has to have the ebb and flow, yeah. obviously. That's the way that works. You're always saying yes and no throughout the day to certain things because you're trying to build your life and your mm-hmm. schedule in the way that it's supposed to be. But if I was saying yes to every single project that crossed my desk, I would literally need to be saying no to my children and my husband all the time, which isn't where my priorities lie. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like the ebb and the flow of it. And I just thought that was like a really neat way of looking at it. That's really interesting. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. That's really interesting. I think she even said something about how she said this in her podcast. She said something about how she even uses that in reply emails to people when she is being asked to like do speaking engagements or different things Mm -hmm. where she literally just writes as much as I would love to say yes to this. And I think it's so amazing. I am not in a place where I can say no to my family right now. And she's like, I've never had any flack for it because nobody's going to come back to me and be like, how dare you spend more time with your family? (laughs) That's a good point though. But saying no, because you know, that's right. So anyways, I thought that was really cool. So I appreciate you saying that. Mm -hmm. I think that That's so important. So just to close today, like what would be one, one piece of wisdom, one piece of advice or something that you feel maybe keeps popping up to you over and over that you want to share with our listeners today to just 
set them on there, set, set them on their day. Go be free. Yes. Uh, go be free. <laughs> uh, my dad said this to me. I don't even think he meant to be philosophical or give me advice, but you know, I called him one time in university and I was stressed and he said, Hey, chill out. Everything's going to work out because it has this far. So, mm. you know, I think anytime I'm stressed or I think I'm making the wrong decision, it's, it's like, no, you're making the right decision. Even if it is the wrong decision, because right. your life is supposed to Oh, I'm saying this so much worse than he said it, but, <laughs> but you know, it really, I felt, I felt, uh, I felt the movement when he told me this. So, yeah. you know, um, anytime I'm nervous or I think I'm making the wrong decision, I think, well, you know what? No, life has worked out this far. So clearly it's going to. Well, yeah. And it has to be the right decision for right now. Exactly. Maybe yeah. tomorrow that won't be the right decision, but then you'll have the opportunity to make another decision to take it in the right way. And just essentially to not worry 10 decisions away. Exactly. Right? I think that's the biggest one. Like, don't worry. You're not making a mistake. This is right. Yeah. You're good. You, you good. Got, you, you got, got this. this yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, that's what he was saying. You got this yes. girl in, in a father way. So. That's right. Thanks, Dad. Uh, thanks, yeah. Dad. I don't even think he knows you as being philosophical or that. I keep thinking about that. But yeah, that's definitely one thing that. Oh, I love that. That is amazing. Thank you so much for sharing about you today. I have loved hearing about your journey in CTV and with Love Laura. So I would love for you guys to follow. You are hilarious, by the way. I saw a clip. (laughs) I'm going to finish with this. I saw this clip that you had shared on your Instagram. This was maybe a little while back already of like all the outtakes of things that have happened to you on CTV. (laughs) I was howling. I think I even messaged you and was like, this is fabulous behind the scenes (laughs) thank you for sharing this because that is as real as it gets I love it so follow um her on Instagram I'll share all of the the details on uh, the show notes so that you can take time to catch up and you'll probably see her out and about on the city of Saskatoon covering something amazing yeah so come say hi absolutely thank Thank you you so much thank you I could not be more excited to let you know that shine summit tickets are now available Shine Summit takes place October 1st, 2020, so you have lots of time to reflect, think about how this event might be exactly what you have been looking for. This is going to be a day that will change your life. If you are an entrepreneur or a leader in your industry, maybe you're dreaming of making changes in your life, you will not want to miss this opportunity. When you take time to invest in you, your business, it it affects all the areas in your life. It benefits your family, your community, and all the relationships around you. I am literally so passionate about connecting people in ways that help them grow, and this Shine Summit is the perfect opportunity for that. I have experienced firsthand how investing in myself and in my business by attending an event such as this can absolutely change the trajectory of your life because it has happened to me. Here's why this is powerful. Life is hard. Business is hard. And some days it honestly doesn't take much to feel like everything is going in a chaotic direction. And what is the point of putting in all of the work and effort that running a business and being a leader within your organization takes? But I'm here to tell you, that Shine Summit will not only inspire you and give you all of the feels, you guys, but this Shine Summit is going to give you hands-on, tangible tools that will help directly take your life and your business to the next level. Being surrounded by like-minded individuals and those who have been in their entrepreneurial and business journeys longer uh, than maybe you have is absolutely essential. Hearing from them, hearing their stories, hearing their mistakes, and how they're willing to share their experiences, vulnerability, 
and really try to help you avoid those same mistakes. We have experts from all over that are going to be coming to share their expertise and to grow together. You will be blown away by our headliner, Sarah Heron. Isn't that the girl from The Bachelor? Why, yes, it sure is. Sarah is a force to be reckoned with, and she has taken her experience of being on a public television show and putting her story out there in the world and taking her disability that she was born with and turning it into something extraordinary. She has an incredible story and incredible business sense and she is such an inspiring woman and you get to hang out with her and be inspired. This summit has been created to surround you with a community of incredible women who will challenge you, help you grow and thrive, and we want to see you there. Imagine the energy, joy, and engaging lessons that you get to be a part of and incorporate those directly into your life and business in ways that are specifically tailored to you. We will be talking about leadership, marketing, social media, overcoming adversity, reinventing your business in new and unique ways. This is not the type of conference where you are just going to hear speeches and leave with a few notes. If you are struggling in finding your niche to sell more, to organize your finances, or maybe you're even afraid to admit the things that you wish you understood in business, then this is the place for you. This is a summit where you will be challenged to be interactive, to dig deeper in order to achieve the goals that you are dreaming of. Shine Summit is being hosted in the most beautiful event space where everyone attending is there for the same purpose, to shine. These tickets are going to sell out fast. And as a listener of Celebrating Simple Life, the podcast, you are the first to know. Check out shinecollective.ca for all the juicy details. This show would not be possible without you, my incredible listeners. It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe to Celebrating Simple Life wherever you listen to podcasts. If you really want to make my day, leave a review. Each week, I will pick one review that will be read on the show, and the person who left that review will receive a special gift from me. Cheers to Celebrating Simple Life.